This is episode 653 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, 10 Thoughts from a Seasoned Prepper about what is coming and what you can do. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so glad that you are joining me today for this one. Hey, we are going to jump right into our article. It comes to us from Erica over at Living, Living Life in Rural Iowa. And she shares 10 thoughts from a seasoned prepper about what you about what's coming and what you can do about it. And here's the, here's the thing. Life's changed for many of us, but there's this great possibility that things can even change even more. And so as preppers, one of the things that we should do is to look ahead and plan for what's coming next. We're not trying to be prophets or I'm not trying to be a prophet, but we can be realistic and know what human nature is like. Plus, we have the experience of history and what things were just like a few months ago when people started getting all crazy about COVID-19 and shortages and toilet paper and all that good stuff. So we don't want to bury our heads in the sand. We want to be able to look forward and prepare. And even, even though we've been preparing all these years, we still realize that there's, you know, there's possibly more to come. So here's the thing. Just like I say at the very opening of all my episodes is that there are people that are counting on you and a little bit of thought and a little bit of preparedness. You might be weary right now of all the, the, the crap that's out there. Come on, let's be honest, right? Um, it, it's, it's really easy to get just tired of, you know, listening to all the junk that is out there and you're just wanting to just like, you know, I wanted to go back to the way it was January 2020. And just just those short amount of months, you know, here we are in, in August and just going back to January would be fine for for all of us. But the fact is, is that there are things and it's not anything that we've done. It's just there's powers that are powers that be at work that are doing things that are causing problems. And so uh, I think this is a good article that I'm going to be able to bounce off of and talk a little bit and just share some thoughts. And uh, hopefully it will be a blessing for you. So let's go ahead and jump into the article. Again, the article is entitled 10 Thoughts from a Seasoned Prepper about what is coming and what you can do. This has been an interesting last six months, hasn't it? While I have been deemed an essential worker and am living in a state that did not shut down, this pandemic has affected me a little bit. It has affected my kids a lot, although some more than others. We went from a household of two as of March 15th to a household of seven as of April 30th. Schools shut down. Colleges shut down. Jobs were impacted for many, whether you were considered an essential worker or not. Sorry, but everyone is an essential worker. The government just thinks differently. Small businesses struggled with being closed to the public and to continue to do business in other ways. Some businesses closed their doors permanently due to the loss of income. Now, many businesses are struggling to stay open under the weight of many restrictions and reduced income. States are mandating a lot of things. Schools are struggling with the decision to reopen and how to do or how to run a school. 
Colleges are placing students under a lot of restrictions so they can't open. There is a lot more I would like to say, but this is not completely an opinion piece. My opinions are not necessarily popular, and I see a lot of government control throughout all of the time so far. I do think this virus is dangerous for certain age people, but I also think it is dangerous because we don't take care of ourselves. However, we are getting worked up over a virus that seems to be operating similar to influenza, and we don't shut down the country for that. Even when the H1N1 influenza pandemic was in full swing in 2009, we didn't shut down the country. That pandemic made a resurgence twice in 2010 and 2013, according to the CDC's website. I know it did in 2013 because one of my kids came down with it and had a positive influenza test indicating the H1N1 strain. This strain literally ran rampant throughout the schools in our area in the winter of 2012 and 2013. No one shut down the schools even though the parents wanted it to happen. Kids were becoming sick very quickly and because they were already tired and stressed out, they got sick even faster in the high schools. I don't like to look paranoid but have accepted a long time ago that I probably look paranoid. There is more than just the public's welfare involved in this. While this virus is serious and should be taken seriously, you have to be able to see the level of control that is being placed on you and this country. In addition or because of this, there is an even worse political election coming than the last one in 2016. Who thought that it could get worse than that? Now, you need to be mentally as well as physically prepared to live in a country that is far a far cry from the patriotic country you know, love, and think fondly about in history. Below are my thoughts about preparing for this and what you can do about it. Okay, guys, I've shared with you, and before we jump into you know numbers 1 through 10 here, I've shared with you this before, right, where you know, the virus, it, it is something that we need to think about, especially if we have people in our lives that, um, you know, that are susceptible to, you know, getting sick and, and this could do some damage to them. So, but we don't want to shut down the whole economy for that. You know, we, we need to be able to take precautions and be smart about it. But there are powers that be that are using this for their own purposes to cause a lot of pain, to make it really, really bad so that people just get fed up. You know, if if you're fed up and the, and, and the government, uh, well, okay, let me say it this way. If the government tries to push something on you and you're not fed up, you're going to fight it. People are going to fight it. But if you're fed up and you're at the point where you just you're exhausted and you're tired and you're mentally just worn down and the government comes up with a plan and it kind of seems, you know, all right. And, uh, you know, you're not giving up too, too much for it, then people are going to embrace that. And sometimes it seems like that's exactly what is going on. They're using these things that are that are happening to to kind of wear us down a little bit. So Erica has 10 things that she that she shares here in her article. So let's go ahead and take them one by one. Number one, you have to do what is best for yourself and your family. Only you can make that decision, although I would definitely take into consideration how your family feels about it. You have probably been preparing for a while, so you know what you need to do in that regard. However, we are being faced with some unique circumstances. We all know those circumstances because they are being fought over by the media, government, and public all over social media and the news. When it comes down to it, though, only you know what is best for you and your family, not the government, media, or the thousands of opinions on social media. Only you. 
All right, I love that this is number one. And guys, like you, like you just heard, I start out every every episode that way, you know. And so you've got to do what is best for your family. You you know you love your people, love your people, and so that means that you're doing what needs to be done to care for them. And so it doesn't matter if the ideas that you have out there are not popular. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that your family is safe. You know, preparedness, I think preparedness is going to be now on everybody's radar, right? And so they're going to go ahead and be so much more open to it than than they were in the past. The doomsday preppers idea of it, there's, I mean, that's still out there. People are still, still going to go back to that. But now preppers can talk about, and those that prepare and want to be a little bit more self-reliant can talk about like, hey, you know, if you're ready for you know, the pandemic, if you're ready for the situation that's coming, you're not going to be rushing to the store and freaking out because you don't have supplies that that everybody is is rushing to get and, and going to the store and, and rushing the store during a pandemic or right before a pandemic. And I don't know if every, anybody really thought about that. They're like everybody's just rushing to the stores to get all the toilet paper and everything that they can find but at the same time, you know, this this thing is this virus is going and all right. So maybe, you know, the media is reporting that it's in other parts of the world or other parts of the country. But with the way things go nowadays, our, our media or not media, our, our travel, the way that we go, um, more than likely it's it was in our area before things started shutting down. So uh, I don't know if anybody really considered that. But you got to do what's right with for your family. That's that's the most important thing. And so don't go by you know even what your your favorite person on social media uh, says. You know you got to take all that information and distill it and and make the right choices for you and your family. That's why it's so important to be able to to think it through and to be able to plan and critically you know to to see the situation and and critically think in this day and age that's so important and so valuable all right so number two is practicing operational security is going to become key now at some point being a prepper is going to make you a target if you're constantly blasting to the world about how much you have if you read any sort of history you know that you will become a target if your neighbors know what you have you could be raided robbed looted and or arrested for having a stash of anything you also may need to leave it all behind if you need to live on a moment's notice or leave on a moment's notice. Sorry, that sounds horrible, but that is the reality. You need to keep quiet, be vague, lie if you must, and just not reveal what you have. Operational security is becoming a higher priority now. All right, so if you've been listening to me for any amount of time, and if you're if you're new, this so you know this is information here. I, I've talked about this before. So if you're new, welcome to the podcast, uh, and we're glad you're here. Hopefully, you'll subscribe. But I always talk about this. I don't completely agree with Erica here, and the reason that I don't completely agree here is sometimes we, in in the preparedness community we get this idea that we we prepare and then we don't talk about it at all. You know. And here's the, here's the thing. Here's the reality of it. When people started preparing for COVID and people started going to the stores, people didn't need to, to we didn't need to tell them what they needed. 
They, they know what they need. People know what they need. And so you're going out to the stores and, and the grocery stores and they're buying up all the things that, that they would need if they were locked down in their home for uh, a length of time. And so people instinctively know that they, they need certain supplies, they need certain food, blah, 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 all that different kind of stuff, right? And so, yeah, they might, they might think of someone who has a, you know, a prepper, like you've, you've got hordes and hordes of food and stuff like that. And most of the time, that's not reality. And so I think that people are going to be a little bit more accepting of going out there and getting prepared. Where I don't completely agree with this is that as a believer, as a Christian, I feel, and the whole reason I, you know, I was talking about this just this weekend, um, the whole reason that I started Prepper Website was because I felt the Lord was leading me to talk to other people about being prepared because hard times were coming. And not because that like the end of the world, not because like, you know, the second coming or the rapture or anything like that. No, you know, nothing in prophecy, just that hard times were coming. And so, you know, a Prepper Website was really born from that. And so in the midst of craziness and the things that are going down, if, if I am not doing that, then I don't feel like I'm supposed to be, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And so I understand there's a lot of people that feel like that. And if that's you, again, you going back to number one, see number one, do what is best for you and your family. For me, I'm going to talk about being prepared and I'm going to share that with other people. When things go crazy and if you know the world starts whatever, you know, wobbling on its axis, I'm not going to bar my, you know, put up put up uh, barriers on my windows and, and board up and all that kind of stuff and and gear up and you know wear wear camo and and go all Rambo on on everybody. No, I'm I'm still going to be the same person that I want to be and, and the same person that I am and more than anything, more than being a prepper, more than, than being anything else, I, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. And so that that has to be the number one thing for me. Now, that doesn't mean that I go and tell everybody, hey, I've got 100 pounds of, you know, pinto beans in my closet, or I have, you know, uh, the ability to make bread for two years, or, you know, that doesn't mean that you go and you start talking about all that. But you can talk about being prepared. You can't talk about it does make sense to be prepared. And, and again, I always say this, go back to something recent. Go back to, you know, those of us that, that were prepared at the beginning of COVID, we didn't have to go rush out and, and fight the masses for toilet paper. Uh, when there's a hurricane in the, turning in the Gulf and it's coming to our, our way, we don't have to rush to the grocery store like everybody else and, and try to get supplies. We're going to be okay. You know, or you're facing a winter storm if you live up north or, or whatever it might be. And so I just think that that's one of those things. I'm going to continue to talk about being prepared. And uh, you know, people at work know that I prepare. Um, people were, I, I've mentioned this before, when COVID started gearing up back in March, you know, we went on spring break and then we never went back last year. Um, we, from there on, we were working from home. But as things were getting crazier, um, I was texting people that I know that I worked with that I care about and letting them know, hey, I think it's a good idea if you go and you stock up on food and hygiene and things that you normally use. And if you don't, 
If you, if you don't need them, then you just don't have to go to the grocery store. But if you do need them, you're going to be glad you had them. And I can't tell you the amount of people that texted me back telling me thank you. Telling me, you know, hey, thank you for the heads up. I, I greatly appreciate it. And now those people have a greater appreciation for being prepared and, and knowing that that is something that needs to be done and, and not hard to do, really, when you, when you put it into your life. So um, do what you need to do. I mean, again, number two is practicing operational security is going to become key now. I, I do believe that you need to have some some sort of operational security, but you've got to weigh that for yourself and, and how and how deep you want to go there, right? Number three is resist the idea of a cashless society. All right, I definitely agree with, with Erica on this one. Being able to make large purchases with cash is your right. Being a cashless society means every purchase will be tracked. This might also lead to a bigger black market, but that is not necessarily a good or safe option. Having gold or silver will not do much good in a cashless society except to trade with others, but who will want gold or silver if they cannot use it for currency? The cashless society is practiced in gaining momentum in socialist countries so that they can track every movement their citizens make, what they spend, how they spend it. Do you want to be tracked like that? Being able to use cash makes you more independent, and isn't that what you want? All right, so I do agree with this one. And really not so much for the whole, you know, those of you who are believers might be thinking, oh, the whole, you know, mark of the beast, cashless society, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there, there's some aspect of it. And maybe, you know, maybe that's that's further down the line. You know, Martin Armstrong, normally he's, he's talked about this before. And one of the reasons why governments want to go cashless is because they can track everything. And so not necessarily the, the tracking here. Now, there are socialist countries like China that do track. You know, there was a video, and I wish I would have bookmarked it. You know, it was a young guy who, who travels around, and I guess he, his girlfriend or fiance is from China, and they're walking around, and he's talking, and he's talking about how oppressive it is and all these different ways that they're able to to keep track of you, right? All the all the electronics and the internet and and just all the ways that China does that to to his people. And so he was being a foreigner, he was being a little bit more vocal, but at the same time he was uh, he wasn't being as vocal as he would have been like if he was here in the United States. And so that definitely I think happens in in China and who knows, that's probably where it's coming here as well. I know Martin Armstrong talks about it from the perspective. One of the reasons why governments want to go cashless is because they need money. They need to be able to tax things. And so all the things that happen with cash, all the drug deals, all the other things that happen, then you know they can't necessarily happen with cash if cash is, is, is gone. And so I, I still think that there's going to be ways uh, to get around it. There's always going to be some kind of uh, bartering system or uh, you know some other kind of payment system that that derives on the off of the black market or whatever um, you know Venezuela when uh, or yeah Venezuela when thing Argentina I'm sorry Argentina when things started crashing the very first time um, you know barter markets I did an article on that barter markets started popping up and so I can see where people would start to barter more if that was the case so as much as you can, you know, continue to use cash. I know people, they started talking about, oh, you know, the virus on it and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know, you saw all those memes on social media where like, 
hey, the government says that, you know, $2 or $1, $5, $10, $20 bills are, are you know, ha have the virus. So go ahead and put that in a package and send it over to me. I'll take care of it for you. You know, I, I think that's kind of funny, but, uh, you know, they can use it. They're using the virus and they're using all the other things for, for uh, you know, to, to control. And this is another, another form of control. So I, I agree with Erica there. Um, having, being able to have cash and being able to, you know, make your own interactions, uh, without, uh, or transactions without, you know, someone without it being marked down. I think that's important. And, uh, what's sad is that's probably going to be the way that it goes and, uh, it's slowly going there. All right. So let's jump to number four. Number four is get stocked up now because the second wave of shutdowns is coming. So whether or not you want to believe it, the powers that be will figure out a way to shut down this country again. There will be panic buying again and there will be more businesses failing. Stock your pantries and cabinets now in order to not be one of those panic buyers. Again, I agree with Erica on this one. I think the powers that be are going to want to make the the American public miserable as, as so miserable that we're begging for them to come up with with different options and so you've got to be you get you you got to be careful here and know whether it is a legitimate uh, you know thing where where the the supply chain is, has been interrupted you know one of the things that that I remember reading is. When everything happened with the first, uh, you know, COVID and the lockdowns and all that and the, the panic buying, the reason that shelves were were going empty is just because so many people were going and buying uh, and buying so much all at one time. And there was enough supply in the system to go ahead and restock those things. And so things were getting restocked. Now, it was a little slower and things were moving slow and, and different things like that. The, the worry is, is that if this was to happen again, because of the disruptions in manufacturing and exporting and importing and all the different things that are out there, that there won't be that supply in the supply chain that, you know, won't take a day or two or a week to get back to normal or at least get supplied to a point where you can, you can go buy something that's usable you, you know, you might be waiting a long time. And so I think this makes a lot of sense. If you are in a position where you can stock up, go ahead and stock up. And if you're in a position where you can stock up in, in a way that goes beyond what you were planning, that might be reasonable to do right now. Again, if you're stocking up on the things that you're normally going to eat or the things that you're normally going to use, then all that means is that later on down the road, if if you don't need it or you don't need it because there's there's no panic buying, well, then you just don't have to go to the grocery store as often or you don't have to spend that money later on down the road. But if things do happen, you're going to be very grateful. So if you can afford it, if your budget does allow it right now might be the way to stock up. And so you have time right now. You can go grocery stores. A lot of grocery stores are at full capacity and, you know, things are, things have returned for the most part. There's still some things that, that are, are, you know, short supply, like wipes. If you're cleaning wipes, I don't know why you can't find those, but people talk about toilet paper being back and, and uh, all the other things out there. So, you know, it's now's the time to do that. 
you know, being prepared for what is to come. All right, number five is we are going to experience an economic downturn in the next year. Even mainstream experts are stating this as fact now. Whether it will be a recession or a depression remains to be seen. Truthfully, though, we already are experiencing it. And now that unemployment benefits were cut, the economic picture is going to get uglier. Right now, it is wishful thinking to think that the economy is going to turn around this fall or winter. Plan accordingly for the next two years. I completely agree. You know, the last um, the the last episode that I talked about uh, having you know multiple streams of income, you know, play into this right here is where you can get going right now and see what people need, and maybe there's something that you can do to bring in some extra income. But this is going to happen. If you have a job, you're you have a good job right now, you know. Say your prayers and, and and thank the Lord for that, and uh, you know keep keep moving right along. But that means that you need to make sure that you are taking care of those important things in your life. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here because I know some of these some of these uh, things that that I want to talk about are are kind of baked into the the other numbers that um, that Erica has here. But I I think that she's right, and in fact I know she's right. There's many people talking about it. And so one of the things is is just being prepared for it. So when it happens, there's there's no panic on your side that you you realize we were expecting this. We we knew that this was going to happen. And try to gamify it a little bit as, as far as think it through what that means for you. You know, if the economy st- starts to to turn down, um, is it possible that you could uh, have reduced hours at work or lose your job or have to take a pay cut or, you know, whatever it might be. What does that mean for um, your bills? What does that mean for your debt? You know, those types of things. Start thinking those things through and, you know, what kinds of decisions can you make now to be able to help you if things start going downhill? You might have a job that no matter what, you're you're pretty much going to have a job and you look good for this foreseeable future. For instance, in, in, in my case, in education, if education goes down and they're not paying teachers, then you know that there's really, really bad stuff happening. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's one thing that I, that I know. And I know there's, there's a lot of you that have lost your jobs already. And, you know, you're trying to find um, ways to make ends meet right now. And, you know, Kudos to you because you're out there and you're grinding it and you're doing what you need to do. But looking forward and looking ahead, what kinds of changes do we need to, to, to make in our lives wherever we are right now financially so that we can uh, weather this economic downturn that's coming? Number six is if you haven't figured this out already, you need to be in charge of your own food supply. You need to grow as much as you can and find a way to stock up on the rest. A good deal of our national food supply comes from overseas, with China being the main player in supplying and shipping. If you can't find a way to grow your own food, look for ways to locally procure your food. Once you do that, then go to the grocery store and or order online to stock up on food and supplies. You should also pay special attention to what the stores ran low on before and still do so, so you know where to concentrate your attention. All right, so... Again, I, I, okay, so I got to tell you before I move on, uh, I'm standing up. So I used to do record the podcast 
uh, probably for about two years. I used to record the podcast um, standing up. And I was kind of like confined uh, where I was in in my setup when my son had had moved back in to finish student teaching, and so now I've uh, when I've been doing the interviews for the I, I'm like completely going off topic here, but uh, I'm just like I'm kicking myself here when um, I was doing the interviews. I normally sit down and I'm talking to the the other person on the other side. And uh, that's kind of started a habit of sitting down during the podcast and while I was recording. But today I decided to go ahead and stand up again. And so uh, I plugged in my my microphone and my boom mic so I could stand up and have it, you know, kind of in front of me and the whole deal. And the the thing is, is that I'm moving around a lot. I keep moving backwards and I have a lot more room. And I'm like, okay, so people are going to hear me like coming in and out, in and out. And so I got to stop doing that. All right. So I don't know. I, I got to confine myself somehow. <laughs> Stop moving so much, Todd. But I talk with my hands. I promise if you saw me right now, you'd see my hands flying around all over the place, uh, even though I know that no one's seeing me. It's just the way that I talk. So um, I completely agree with Erica. Let's let's bring it back to number six. I completely agree with her here that uh, you need to be thinking about your food supply. And I love what she's talking about, you know, growing a garden. I, You know, you've heard me say that before. I think everybody should grow a garden, even if you are in, a, in an apartment, just for the experience of what it's like to grow a tomato plant and, and get your own tomatoes and, and all that good stuff. And so I think that if you have space in your backyard right now, if you have a backyard, you can always put in a garden. You can always put in raised beds. You can always find, you can, you can always buy, uh, you know, pots and five gallon drums and, or yeah, yeah. Just the five gallon drums, not the 55 gallon drums. You can also do 55 gallon drums. I've made some, uh, wicking, wicking, uh, pots out of, out of 55 gallon drums, cutting them in half, but five gallon buckets, you can use those to garden in, you know, whatever, whatever you can do, so that you can start to have a little bit of food and a little bit more food supply and then moving that into long-term food storage and then connecting with other people that maybe have gardens or uh, maybe they have big you know, farms and they're going to have a lot of produce. And maybe kind of like what we saw this last time around where, you know, people who dairy farmers were letting their milk just, you know, go, uh, they, they were just letting it out in fields and People were letting other, uh, you know, vegetables and, and, and things just kind of like rot or they were turning it over because there was just no way to get it to market because, you know, they only had certain suppliers. Right now, you know, there might be farmers out there that are starting to change their mind about how they're doing business and trying to be more local. So if you can have your 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 eyes and ears kind of uh, perked up and, and, and ready to see that kind of information so that you can connect with other people. If there's a farmer's market out there in your area, go to that farmer's market and connect with the person on the other side. You know, connect with them. Hey, do you have a card? Do you have a website? You know, how often do you come to the farmer's market? Do you go anywhere else and sell fruit? Can I come to your place and buy, buy fruits and vegetables? That's one thing that you might want to do and be very proactive about. Number seven is get your life together. So take care of your debts, take care of your life, take care of your health, 
No more excuses. Your health matters. Two of the things that directly impact your health is stress and poor diet. By improving both of those things, your health and overall well-being will improve greatly. Many people claim they are not stressed over anything, but their health proves that to be a lie. Financial burdens, job stress, family dynamics, cluttered houses, and more can be very hard on your stress levels. By becoming more organized, decluttering, making a budget, taking some downtime every day, eating balanced meals, and more will set you on a better path for your health. Can't agree more on that. I think, uh, you know, Looking at your whole life and and you know making better choices all the way around has a good impact on on you and on your family. And so she throws a lot of things in here, uh, but I think that the stress, dealing with stress, especially right now, dealing with stress and dealing with uh, eating, you know, poor eating habits, eating healthy. Now I, I realize that you know if if things are are start to dry up at the grocery store that you're going to be focused on you know whatever you have and eating through you know those foods food supplies but if you start eating healthy now and you stock up healthy things then you'll have those to kind of carry you through as well and so you want to think about are you getting enough vitamin C at this time are you getting a you know vitamin D are you are you taking care of your of your body are you eating a lot of processed foods Man, all that fast food that's out there is just so bad for you. You know, a lot of the things that we deal with in our bodies and, and a lot of the, the the things that we go through is because of inflammation on the inside because of all the processed foods that we're eating and not having good gut health. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I am trying to, to make changes in my life as well, you know, and so I know how important that is. One of the things is I'm trying to manage stress right now. At work, we have big projects. I've I uh, I've been on the computer all week long, all at work, all yesterday. I was completing a big project, and I was working uh, at home on on Saturday, and then today we uh, you know I had church, and so I do my online service and uh, you know do that. Uh, ate some lunch and then I went to uh, I went to to the office to go and we are converting uh, Windows machines into Chromebooks so that kids can have Chromebooks if they choose to uh, if they choose to to go to school virtually instead of come face to face and so you know I've been on the computer all weekend long all week long and uh, not a lot of uh, rest and I know that about myself I can kind of feel it in my throat a little bit uh, you know doubled up on my vitamin C and and I know that I need to really go to bed uh, at a decent time tonight and so all those things you know you need to be very cognizant of and start to apply in your life because those things can can weigh on you you don't want to have uh, a wrecked immune system, right? Um, and uh, you know, messed up immune system. Uh, you know, not not functioning a hundred percent in a situation where there's a, a pandemic or you know there's a virus going around. No matter what you feel on that, on that, where no matter where you stand on that, there are younger people and you know that don't fit the mold of when we talk about those that are more susceptible that are getting sick. And part of it could be because of, uh, I think I did read that, obesity and we got to be careful about our stress. But all these other things begin to help us, you know, being organized, decluttering, 
making a budget so your finances don't stress you out. Man, that's got to be a must, right? So you can tell your finances what they need to do. Uh, and, and eating well and all that, exercising. All right, so I kind of killed that one. Let's go ahead and move on to number eight. We talked about this one all last week in the episode, start developing multiple streams of income now. So most people have a false sense of security when it comes to jobs and businesses. People think their jobs will never be cut or they will never be fired until they find out differently. Even self-employed people think their businesses is solid until the economy or technology changes. Having multiple streams of income changes that game a bit. If you lose your 9-to-5 job, you have other streams of income that you can work harder to make up that income until another opportunity comes along. Multiple streams of income also helps you meet your saving goals, pay off extra debt, help you afford your hobbies, and more. In this uncertain economy, though, having more than one income can be a lifesaver. Completely agree. So here's the thing. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, go listen to last week's episode. All I'm going to say is this. Spend a little bit of time thinking about what you love to do. If you're not sure, ask a couple of people around you. Hey, what am I good at? When you think about what I do, when you think about, you know, when you think about a certain thing, you know, or or me, what what comes to mind? And whatever that might be, take that thing and turn it into a stream of income. Now you're like, Todd, what if they say that I'm a a funny person? Or what if they say something that just, you know, what are you saying that I'm going to be a stand-up comedian or something like that? You know, I don't know. Maybe you could. Maybe you could start uh, a stand-up comedian YouTube channel and you do a five-minute video, a funny, you know, tell some funny jokes, funny stories. Right now, people want to be entertained. And so maybe you do that. You see, and, and so you wind up, you know, that could start a, a YouTube channel, that could start a website, a website where you're sending people to, you're getting email addresses, you are... Uh, you know, providing advertisements. Maybe you get to a point where uh, you've got merch. Uh, did you see the, the the YouTube video from those two uh, young African American uh, guys that were listening to Phil Collins? Um, the I, I don't even know the song. They listened to Phil Collins for the very first time, and so they're making these faces like you know when the drums come in and all that kind of stuff. These guys have like 270, and they don't even really do anything, you know, worth entertainment wise. It's just kind of like their facial expressions and they're like, uh, you can't even understand some of the things that they're saying, but they have 276,000 people. And, and one of the things you could understand was follow me on Snapchat. And if you want to get some merch, well, the links are going to be down below. I mean, they're making money. And I was looking at some of their videos there. And it was all about listening to this for the very first time, you know, listening to rock and roll music for the very first time, listening to, I think it was Aerosmith or whatever. And I'm like, come on, you can't tell me that that's your first ever rock and roll song. But that's the video that they put out there. And there's a lot of views on there. Let me tell you something. There are people that make tons of money just doing reviews and so you start doing a little bit, you start doing some reviews and companies see that you have a following, they're going to start giving you things to review so that you can, uh, so you can review their items so that they can get, uh, you know, the attention that you bring into your channel. 
man, that's just one thing and, and not something that I was intending to talk about, but it just kind of popped up. So you can do anything. You can take any skill. You can take anything that you might have and you can turn it into some kind of income stream. You just got to be creative. Spend a little bit of time. Um, go back and listen to, to last week's episode. Uh, I think that would be beneficial for you. All right, number nine is this. Reduce your expenses and get rid of the excess. You need to whittle down your budget so that when an economic downturn hits, you are not in shock. You also need to whittle down your excess things in case you need to move quickly or make more room for other people moving in. You probably have things in your expenses that you are not using like subscriptions and streaming services, membership dues, and more. Get rid of them now to reduce your budget for when hard times come. Better yet, take that money you just saved and put it into savings for emergencies. All right, can't agree more here with uh, with Erica on this. You know, look at your expenses. And one of the things you can do is start calling those those that you can't get rid of, right? Those that, that you need. You can maybe call and set up a uh, a better a better deal. And so maybe your your cable company you call them up and you say, hey, look, you know, you don't want to get rid of cable or maybe it's your Internet and you know you need that for work or you need that for streaming or or, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, Internet <laughs> Internet has become one of those things that we, we seem to need nowadays. But you can call them up and say, hey, look, I, I'm trying to find a better deal. I'm trying to cut costs. I'm trying to find a better deal. And uh, I'm just calling you to see if you have anything to offer before I start looking at other options that are out there. And a lot of the times they will work with you, especially in this time right now. The, the market is so flooded that they don't want to lose customers. It's, it's more expensive for them to lose a customer and to try to gain another customer to replace you than to offer you a little bit of a better deal where you're saving money and then everybody kind of wins. So you just you just need to be able to do that. Now, not everyone's going to do that, but, you know, you never know. You might save you know, 50 bucks a year, a hundred bucks a year, you might even save more. And when was the last time you talked to your insurance guy and talked about maybe your auto insurance and your home insurance and to see if there's anything there that you might be eligible for any kind of discounts or savings. Um, and sometimes those savings, if you haven't talked to them in three or four years, you might realize that mean you get a big discount, a big savings. And really you're just leaving money on the table. So Insurance guy is, is one person that you really need to talk to. All right, number 10, the last one is this. If you still think it cannot happen here, you need to unbury yourself from the rock you have been living under and look around. Times are hard across the world. This virus, combined with other issues, has been wrecking havoc globally, and many economies have been made worse for it. On top of that, we have civil unrest and changing politics going on, which is making for a perfect storm. Assess the situation the best that you can and make the changes you need to now. Thanks for reading, Erica. You know, a lot of people in the preparedness community are talking about this. And it's not just the preparedness community, really, it's everyone. They're, they're looking to the, uh, to the election and uh, they say that not, you know, no one's going to be happy with the, the results of the election. The Democrats are not going to be happy. The Republicans are not going to be happy. And this is going to cause you know, a lot of friction. So remember what happened last time? We weren't even at the 
the divisiveness that we are in this country in 2016. And so you see where we are right now, and it's like a powder keg. And so you have that in top, on top of the economy and to, on top of the Federal Reserve flooding the market with just, just tons and tons of, 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 of money out there. And the stock market is just continually, like, I don't remember a day when the stock market, you remember back when like the COVID thing was happening and the stock market was going down like a thousand points, like, like every day. And there was a, a you know, like a, a couple of days there where everyone was looking at it and was like, oh my gosh, yeah, is this it? Here we go. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like all of the sudden, boom, it was just like positive days. But here, here, here we go again. Happy days are here again. And so, you know, we just we just know that it's being propped up. And so I, I you know, I, I shared something out on Twitter. I retweeted something. Somebody responded back and said, hey, those of us who because it was something like the rich are getting richer or something like that. And, you know, I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Chris Martinson who had shared it out from peak prosperity. And someone said, Hey, when the stock market's going up, those of us with 401ks, that's going up as well. The, the difference is, is when the stock market starts to crash, the, the people that the billionaires that have the, their money, they know when to grab that and, and, and run your 401k is going to crash. Right. And so I, I am in education. I have teacher retirement. I'm in, I'm vested in the teacher retirement system and I don't feel like it's going to be there when I retire. I, I don't believe it will be there because it's based on all this other stuff that, that's going on. So, you know, maybe maybe I uh, weather the storm, you know, at my job to where uh, this is if, if the Lord doesn't come back, where we go down to this depression and everything crashes and then it comes back up again. And maybe then, you know, I would retire if that was the case. But I'm not counting on that. I'm not planning on that, uh, you know. And that's that's something to to consider out there. If if you think that we are good and we are we're in a stable place and things again, the grocery stores have gone back to normal and uh, it seems like people are out there and you know some places people aren't wearing masks and and things look like they've uh, you know started back to normal and life started happening. Well, just let's just wait a little bit, you know, keep your eyes open. Like I always say in the way that I end, you know, stay prepped and aware of, of what is happening and what is going on. Um, I was watching a video. Uh, I can't remember which social media it was. OK, wait, I, I think I remember it was Fortress Defense uh, who, was, who shared it out on on Facebook. And they were actually shared uh, a video from somebody else who shared a video but uh, it was a neighborhood in Colorado where all these men, uh, Antifa, had, had come out into the neighborhood. And all these men, they came out and they just put, were pushing them out of the neighborhood. And at some point, you know, it erupted into a fight. And these guys were beating the heck out of, out of the Antifa group that was there. And so, you know, I don't know if Antifa, these guys didn't didn't think that uh, they thought maybe they were just going to walk into this neighborhood and it was going to be good. And uh, you have people out there who are not who are not going to to just go with that anymore. And so we're living in a powder keg right now with the way things are. It's that fever pitch. And sometimes we forget how crazy it is because like, for instance, I, I keep talking about this big project that I have at work and I'm going to work. And sometimes I am so 
just focused on what I'm doing, that I'm not thinking about COVID. I'm not thinking about the stock market. I'm not thinking about the election. I'm not thinking about all the other things out there. I'm thinking about getting this project from point A to point B and doing a good job and making it so that, you know, people can benefit from it. And so a lot of people are like that as well. But then we get, we snap back and we realize, oh, wait a minute, we are living in this time where things are, are, are really crazy. And so we really need to be aware. Don't let it overcome you, though. Don't let it get you in a point to where you're so fearful. But we need to be prepped and aware because, again, people are counting on us. And the more that we know, the better decisions that we can make. And so I think that is the, the big key right here with number 10. The big takeaway that Erica is, is saying here is pay attention to what is happening. Pay attention to what's going on. There's a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire right now. And uh, this perfect storm, you know, she's not the first person to have talked about a perfect storm that, that begins to be uh, to, to, to rise. You know, somebody was saying, I think it was John Haller in Prophecy Update, uh, not this this Sunday, but the last Sunday, is that people are in droves. In, in this economic downturn, the housing market is is booming in the suburbs because people are leaving the cities. People are understanding. This kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. People instinctively know what needs to happen. And people realize, I don't want to be in a city where there's large crowds, so I'm moving out into the suburbs. And so you have this big boom out into the suburbs where houses are, are being bought up because people are wanting to leave. And so there are people out there that are paying attention. And just like we need to be paying attention, like we always pay attention because we are self-reliant people and we want to make sure that we are doing the very best, making the very best decisions for our family. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and end it there, guys. Like always, I'm going to link to this article so that you can come on over to livinglifeinruralaiowa.com and check it out for yourself. Um, Erica has, uh, you know, she, she blogs very often over there. And so it's a good website you need to be paying attention to and uh, get a lot of good stuff over there. So uh, thanks to you, uh, Erica, for that uh, for that article. And uh, guys, don't forget, I'm going to link to that article. And there's also a lot of other links that you can bounce off of in Erica's article over here. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 653. Hey, to subscribe to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that... Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.